Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron, and I'm joined by a very special guest today on today's program, uh, three-time Ashes winner Nathan Lyon. Nathan, you must be pretty pumped that uh, people can introduce you like that. Uh, well, that's the first time any, anyone's ever done it, Lou, <laughs> so uh, I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. But uh, it's been a pretty amazing series so far and some, a series that, that I've really, really enjoyed. So for, for lots of different reasons, um, but a lot of cricket to play just yet. There's a little bit to unpack there and there's a lot I want to ask you about. But um, first of all, just tell me where you are. I mean, just the... The ramifications of this COVID world are, are incredibly strange. Um, I believe you're in Sydney, but you, you weren't on the charter flight. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a um, little bit different um, trip up to Mel- um, from Melbourne back up up to home. So I'm just at home now. Um, it was a spare moment thing on day four of the game. Obviously finished uh, lunchtime on day three and uh, obviously had a few beers and uh, celebrate with the boys, but then we woke up um, the following morning. We thought, you know what, let's just go home. Let's hire a car and, and drive home. And I was able to pick up Harper and Miller on the on the way home, which has been extremely enjoyable. Um, so been I would have a like, little belated Christmas here with those two girls and Emma. So it's been yeah, it's been very nice. So a long way, long way, ten hours in the car, but we're here now. Were there any points? I'm sure you you absolutely wrapped to be um to be spending time with your with your children, Nath. But were there any points in a in a long drive? I'm guessing you when you picked them up along the way, um you wouldn't have had that whole ten hours with them. But uh, were there any points where it's a long car trip? Any regrets there? Uh, no, there wasn't actually. At at the time, I was like, "Geez, it's going to be a long drive," and uh, it's putting a lot of lot of strain on on two of us. I was, I was obviously pretty tired from from the game. Um, with, even without myself doing anything, it was probably the more mental roller coaster of a of playing Test match cricket. You you're up and you're down, and you're up and incredibly high. So um, it was probably more more that that I was concerned about. Um, but luckily, we had two of us driving and. Um, there's a big carry at the end of the day to, to get home and, and have three days at, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the uh, level four protocols and that, you're just at home at your house. It's it's everything that um, you want, I guess. So, um, yeah, I was pretty lucky that we were able to get up here safely. So, yeah, it's nice. And you've had a bit of practice now, right? You, you drove back after one of the Shield games, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's the second time I've done it in what, about three months. So I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. Um, but um, I, I dare say this one was a lot more enjoyable than the one with Sean Abbott. Right. Oh, well, that was my next question. Was um, yeah, I mean, if Sean's listening, he'll be um, he'll be devastated to hear that. It was was it a uh, was it tough for control over the um, over the Spotify playlist? Did you did you have radio going on? What was the kind of setup? Um, did you stop halfway? There are so many questions, Nate. 
Yeah, yeah, no. Well, Sean and I stopped at um, Holbrook, so we weren't allowed to stop anywhere else. Um, this is back in early November. We weren't allowed to stop from anywhere else until Holbrook to get something to eat. So we stopped and saw the big submarine out, out at Holbrook. And uh, obviously I've been there a few times working with Dad when, when I was uh, still in school. Um, but uh, Sean, that was a pretty amazing sight for Sean. But um, he's got a little bit different music taste than what I, I do. I'm more right. probably uh, old school and he's um, more in, in the clubs up, up the beats and it's not my angle. So it was much more enjoyable second time around. That could be very hard. Did you just have to kind of split split it in the end? Like half the trip was his music, half the trip was yours? Uh, no, no. You never get um, – it's always Sean's way or, or just nothing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just copped it and just went on with it. It was it was saddening to hear that, um, that your good mate Travis Head has obviously had to stay back in Melbourne. He has COVID. Um, obviously not news that anyone wanted to hear. Have you kind of spoken to him and how's he, how's he travelling, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've reached out to Trav, obviously, always going to. Yeah, so it was, it was a pretty well big shock um, mm-hmm. to everyone that um, to hear that COVID's burst into our bubble, uh, I guess. But um, you say that, then you probably look at it and you go, you know what, it's probably expected at, at some point in time that the, the virus is um, going rampant up here in Melbourne and, and Sydney. So I've got a plane going over the house here, so <laughs> we'll probably stop. Um, but... Um, yeah, I've reached out to Trav. He's going okay. Um, obviously, it's not ideal, but he, he's hoping that uh, he, he's able to be be available for um, selection in Hobart. So uh, he, he just said, go out there and, and continue what we're doing and you know, no doubt he'll be watching. Is there a sense of anxiety around it? When you when you think back to, to last summer um, and you obviously had the really strict, strict bubbles, um, obviously this summer you're, you're under some restrictions now, but but not as heavy. Um, how do you kind of compare the two? Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of anxiety about it. If you if you ask me, I've, mm. I've never want to miss miss a game for for Australia, so I always want to um, be be available for for selection. So and to have um, be vaccinated with um, the COVID jab and all that, and doing all the right things and stuff, but still being able to be ruled out of, of a game um, due to COVID, whether that you're a close contact like Paddy a couple of weeks ago or, or you like Trav and you, and you test positive, it, it's never a, a great thing um, that you get ruled out of a game which is purely taken out of your hands. Um, I know injuries and uh, form form happens and that's the reason why you usually miss games, but it's pretty pretty unusual to, to be on the edge of um, – a close contact or, or test positive to then then to miss a test match, especially an Ashes test match. It, it's, there's a lot of anxiety around it. So all, all we can do is try try and be safe and try and um, look after each other as well as, as well as we can and make sure that we do all the right things, socially distance, use dead oil and all that stuff. So dead oil, yes, very important. Um, good plug in there, mate. Um, and I guess when you when you think about it in terms of not having the the hard bubbles. Um, and you mentioned there, I guess, just how, how good it was for your own um, mental well-being. I, I suppose to, to you know see your partner and, and also see your kids. Um, you know, is that you feel like that's really important? And and the the flip side is that you you didn't have to do a hard bubble this season. Like that was that was definitely the right call. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think if you look at last year, um, you look at someone like Moses, who, whose son was born last year, but then he was in the in the squad for Boxing Day Test match and he missed his 
son's first Christmas. So mm. you then you look at Pat Pat this year, obviously Albie's only three months old or, or around that and so he was able to have Christmas with him, which is such an important time of the year. And yeah, yes, cricket is extremely important to us. Um but there's a lot of lot more to life as well and, and family is obviously the biggest part of that. And if you can have your loved ones around 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 us in, in, in these environments to help create um, memories and memories that will last for a long time, I think is very important. Um, even more, very fortunate enough, like after we won the Ashes on day three of that game, all, all our partners and families, kids come down to the MCG and we're able to sit there and out on the oval, socially distanced um, pretty well and, and celebrate mm. with, with all them. And, and they deserve that as well because they probably ride the roller, roller coaster more than what we do. They they. Um, they they see the ups and downs probably a lot closer than than anyone else. I was in the press box on day three, sitting in Melbourne and, and typing away, you know, as as you do after after a big win, and um, saw all you guys out there. It was really lovely scenes. I mean, just seeing you know all the kids and all the partners. Um, there were some games of cricket going on. I think um, some I won't name any names, but some people actually playing on the pitch you just played on, which would have been a um, you know an absolute thrill for for those kids who got to do that. Just, I guess, and, and the other part of it was also seeing you get to lead the team song out there, Nath. How, uh, among all the places you've done it, how special was that one in particular? Uh, yeah, that one's up there. Um, mm. It's it's up there for a couple of reasons. Obviously, 3-0 um, Ashes at home is obviously incredibly special, but um, also the, the fact that the families were – about 40 metres away from us um, mm. at, at the time. And I, I was only talking to, um, I think it was Marcus Harrison in the in the change room and Mitch Swepson about about the idea of, of singing the song out in front of everyone. And they, they said, oh, it was totally up to you. And But they, they liked the idea of it. And it, I sat, sat on it for about an hour and a half. And as I said before, like, our family's probably, um, I know they, they go up and down like it, well, or they see us go up and down on the on the roller coaster of Test cricket, of playing international cricket. The the pressure, the pressures, the training behind the scenes. Um, yeah, so it, as I said, they 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 really deserve to probably see the the enjoyment. Mm. Um, how 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 proud everyone is to represent Australia and go out there and. and um, yeah, perform like like uh, all the boys did and get a, a pretty special victory. And those young kiddos might have learnt um, a couple of new words as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they um, had their ears closed, but um, I forgot to bring the bring the um, earplugs. I'll, I'll remember that next time. I'm sure most of them are too young to uh, to have um, filtered out um, or to have gotten you know the the sensitive bits of, of that song, but. It was um, it was enjoyable to watch along. Uh, thinking about the cricket and particular particularly that day two, the night session when you took four wickets, and then the morning when you you wrapped it up so quickly on on day three. Have you heard the MCG louder before? Um, oh, I think I've had moments where it's been pretty similar to that. But considering there's only there was only forty thousand people in there, hmm. uh, or, or 50,000 around there day two night and and day three, I think. When you look at that, it was pretty pretty amazing the, the sounds and obviously I'm fielding at point get get to um, talk to Kevin Green a fair bit, which is very um, satisfying. I'm growing very fond of uh, hmm. of Mr Green and um, 
I just remember going up to him, mate, and he, he, his face was just lit up and he just said, how good is this? How good is this? When when Starkey got a couple of wickets and we we're all, always talking about um, who's going to be effective, how we're going to get a wicket, where, where, where can we um, create pressure and everything like that, just to, about the game. Um, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm cricket nothing and I, I don't stop thinking about it. But, um, you know, I, I actually said to... Uh, to Greeny that Tuesday night before Scotty got his hand, I said, I think Scott's going to be absolutely handful on this wicket. And Greeny goes, yeah, 100% agree. Um, just just off the pure pure fact of, of when we batted, we basically all the, even myself batting at three this test match or last test match, coming off and saying the wicket's sped up quite a fair bit. It, it feels like it's got quite quicker and it's going to be quite challenging. And you talk to Smithy and he, he, he was adamant that that wicket was naughty in his eyes. But I don't think Smithy and Marnus like it too much when the ball actually <laughs> moves off the straight. So every wicket's a bit naughty when he does that. But, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing to feel that atmosphere out there day two night and, and to, for the boys to, uh, to carry that on day three was, yeah. Pretty special. What I'm taking out of that, Nath, is that you predicted Scott Boland taking six or seven. Is that right? Oh, I didn't. I didn't predict him to take uh, six or seven. I said he was going to be very challenging, and I got. I had a really nice feeling about him creating chances. Um, but Scott was unbelievable. We've, I've, I've seen him do that so many times against New South Wales. Yeah. It, it's actually becomes quite frustrating, to be honest with you, um, on on the back end of it, but. Tell you one thing, it was amazing to be a part of it, and obviously his debut, um, the way he, probably bowled pretty well in the first innings as well. Like a lot of inside edges that that flew down to um, fine leg or or past the keeper for for boundaries. But I, I thought he bowled extremely well on day one and, and went without mm. without luck. Um, but Scotty's probably one of the quietest guys I've ever met, and is absolutely. I was absolutely thrilled to see the MCG absolutely going off. And I just remember there's a footage of him having his head down, flat down to the ground, staring at the ground. And honestly, you could see the side of his mouth at the, from the top of his head, just the pure enjoyment and the smiles and um, everything else. So, it was, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, even watching you guys on your victory lap, and I can't remember if he was holding a stump or anything at that point. And the crowd just just wanted Scotty. Like that was all they – that was the only person they wanted to see. And you couldn't even get him to lift the, the stump up to them. Yeah, 100%. Even when he took his first five on his home ground, <laughs> and he honestly lifted the ball up and it wouldn't have got above Starkey's head. So no one in the crowd would have, would have, would have, would have seen it. And I was – in my head, I was like, mate, you got to lift it up. Come on, you got to lift it up. And, and that's that's just Scotty, though. He, he's extremely humble and he's extremely quiet. But I know deep down he'd be that proud and, and so he should be. His family should be extremely proud as well. Well, looking in from the outside, another guy I want to ask you about who you, you touched on there is Cameron Green, who uh, strikes me as a guy who might have also taken a bit of time to to come out of his shell. I mean, has that has that happened in your you know your conversations from from him at Gully and you at Point? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's growing with belief um, daily within Test cricket, and that that does take time. To be honest with you, I've been there, I've I've experienced experienced that, and to see Cameron start to really find his feet and um, really, I don't know, find his feet in test cricket and have that belief that he, you know what, I do belong here and I, I, I can compete with these guys. Um, so it's been really enjoyable to see him do that. And I, I can't wait for that to transfer into his batting because I, I have seen him, 
he's, he's hit 199 against New South Wales and he, he looked incredible then. Um, so I, I know he can do that and he, he will have that belief. He, he's got the belief there. He's just got to tap into it and really crack it open and put his chest out and get in the competition. So, um, but I'll tell you one thing, he's a, he's a one talented kid to, mm. to stroll in and be the second fastest bowler behind Starkey um, on day three or day two, whenever it was. Um, or that whole test match and bowl quicker than the number one bowl in the world. It shows the, the talent of the, the the young fella. And we know he's a really good batter too. The thing that really that I think you have to be there to almost notice, and, you know, you play a little bit of a part in this too, Nath, when any ball gets hit kind of between gully and, and where you are at point, um, I mean, just nothing kind of gets past him like do you do you almost feel like balls that you should be stopping at point he's kind of almost inspector gadget arming down you know the, the balls that you should have stopped yeah 100 he, he, he's he's saving the kilometers in my legs daily <laughs> which is unbelievable he's got a pretty decent wingspan on him as well so he, he covers a lot of ground um and he work, that's something he works hard on as well he's, he's fielding um so yeah I've got a lot of time for, for Greeny and I'm, I can't wait to see him grow and, and blossom within in Test cricket because I think he's he's a mainstay for a long period of time for Cricket Australia. So I was even taking and taking the Mickey out of him um, during having a beer, asking him the other night and when, when will it be before we see um, him batting number four C next to his name and taking the new new ball. And he kind of just put his head down and gave me absolutely nothing. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised in six to eight years' time whether you see Cameron Green, the captain of Australia, with um, taking a new ball. Right. And so you really do think there's leadership potential there with him? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. You can see the calm calm leadership, the leadership skills, the calm influence that, um, that he brings to a team, even though he's only – eight test matches in or seven test matches into into his career. You look at the way he goes about his business in, in WA um, from, from the outside, you can, you can tell he's, as I said, he's got that calm influence. And I think he'll learn a lot off Pat, to be honest. I think mm. Pat's really brought this really calm environment in, into the Australian test team, which is really positive And it's allowing guys to really put their, put their chest out and, and, and play the brand of cricket that we all want to play and, and back, them, back themselves as well. Well, one person who seems to really be thriving in that environment this summer is um, is Mitchell Stark, uh, 14 wickets in three games. Have you seen him bowl better? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I've seen him bowl better in short spells hmm. um, every now and then, but I think this has probably been his most consistent year, to be honest with you. And I, I'm, I, I'm absolutely over the moon for, for Mitch as well. Um I saw Brett Lee's comments the other day saying that um, he seems to be all, all, everyone that um, wants to run the bus over. Um, but he he's forever resilient. Um, he's got an unbelievable character with him where, within himself that it, it, he knows how good he is, but he's very calm and composed and he, he goes out and backs himself. And I think that's probably one of the biggest thing. And I think he's, he's getting his reward for all his hard work he's put in for the last few years. He, I know he didn't have the year that he probably didn't want to have nor did I last year um, mm. but I think he's gone away he's he's worked extremely hard extremely fit and to, to do what he does to bowl 145Ks up to 150Ks constantly throughout the whole test match it's pretty remarkable and I, I think you, you're seeing 
you're up there seeing with the best of Mitchell Stark, yeah. Yeah, and he did get criticised last summer for, for how he bowled at times. You know, there are there's some prominent voices, um, one particularly prominent voice, Nathan, who I won't name here. But, you know, the, the fact the fact is that would have been, uh, I imagine, hard to, to contend with. Did you feel like he came into this summer with a real point to prove? Um, oh, that's probably a personal question for Mitch to ask. I think mm. knowing Mitch extremely well and him being one of my best mates, you, you always you look at Mitch and you go, yeah, He's an X factor. He's going to win you games of cricket. Yes, he might get a hit for a boundary or two here, but he he's going to win win you a game of cricket pretty well off the back of his own 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 big moment throughout throughout a game, throughout a series, whatever it is. So, I you won't find a bigger bigger fan than me of Mitchell Stark. Um, so, I I think he's absolutely invaluable for our team. I think. No, it's very hard to replace Mitchell Stark because the way he brings everything to your team, left arm fast. I think he's averaging 58 with the bat. You know, he can move the game forward um, with the ball and bat in your hand. Uh, and he's a pretty, pretty damn good fielder as well. Um, you don't don't recall him dropping too many. Um, so I think you see all the work behind the scenes. Well, I see all the work behind the scenes that, that he does and I'm just absolutely thrilled that he's starting to get some really decent reward. Obviously, coming off winning the World Cup over over in Dubai into a 3-0 Ashes victory at the moment, pushing for four, uh, for a 5-0. Five, and with another pink ball test in Hobart, I think, um, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting for him. Yeah, well, and I want to go back to Adelaide as well when I think he said it after maybe day three or four that the two of you, as I guess the leaders of the attack, given you know Pat and Pat and Josh were missing, that you might have had a conversation. I think it was after the day three morning when Root and Milan batted through a full session, and he suggested that you know the the two of you kind of took it upon yourself to, um, yeah, I can't, you can tell me exactly what was said, but that you really took it upon yourself to lead the attack and and figure out where you needed to improve. Do you do you recall that? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Um, obviously that. Uh, Root and Milan batted extremely well that morning um, or that mid-afternoon or whatever it was. But uh, And at the end of the day, um, they're, they're allowed to bat well. That's that's where a lot of people um, who who love the game of cricket may may not realise that the opposition, um, batting, bowling, they're allowed to do well. And and Mitch and I kind of looked at each other when we were walking in, um, off the field and we, we basically said, yeah, it's time for for us. Old, I think he said it's time for us old boys to stand up here and lead the attack and show show these youngsters how how to do it. I think his words were, um, and I I kind of I, I definitely grew off that and going yeah okay, let's let's put the foot down here and, and let's build some pressure and and you, you see the likes of Jai and um, Ness and and um, Greeny really grow off that and go okay, let let's let's do this let's let's stack the maidens. Let's do the basics really well. And it's really pleasing. This is fast forwarding to to uh MCG where Greeny got out Stokesy and I was bowling the other end at the time and, and Greeny come up to me looking looking down at me as, as he does, tap me on the head and he said, That's our wicket because we stacked three maidens. And I'm like I I went back to my room um that night and I actually said to him, I said, We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere here. The, He's learning, and I was I was really chuffed with it about the whole day. But especially that moment where Greeny goes, you know what? 
this is our wicket and I really, really felt like um, from from our learnings from last year to this year, um, where we can get better, where what are we doing well, um, what, what aren't we doing well. Um, so I think we, we're heading in the right direction and that was a really big sign of that. And I think Starkey has a massive, massive, uh, no, needs a big, big cut or, or pat, pat on the back for his efforts in Adelaide. And, um, and I think that's showing, to be honest with you, to be honest. Socially distanced cuddle, hopefully, Nath. No, not if a, not if a negative. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I want to ask you about the SCG test that's coming up. There's a bit of an annual tradition. It's almost a festival now where um, we play a game called Will Australia Play Two Spinners at the SCG? And it the answer is normally no. Australia is just going to play Nathan Lyon. Uh, it's your 11th SCG test. You've probably become pretty used to it now. What do you make of it all? Uh, it's a bit like when you get up to the Gabba and you're playing four quicks. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, I think having having the likes of Cameron Green in, in your side and the way he's going with the ball, I think that provides a really good opportunity um, if if the conditions suit. Mm. I think it, it's very picking two spinners in Australia. I think it's it has to be a conditions um, selection. Uh, or mindset or whatnot. Um, so it, it's really hard for me to comment on that. I, I obviously haven't been to the SCG. I'm going there tomorrow so mm-hmm. for, for our first training session. So I, I actually don't know what the wicket. I haven't, I haven't been there since last test there. So um, And you missed the Shield game there this season too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah missed the Shield game. We're, we're in quarantine. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. Um I know Sweppo's ready to go. They like we've had plenty of conversations uh, about potentially playing uh, two spinners in, in in Sydney, but also about building our relationship when we head over to the subcontinent. We, we've got a lot of subcontinent tours just around the corner, um, so um, yeah, we're, we're building that um, friendship. Oh, our friendship's um, really good. Um, I've got a lot of time for Sweppo, um, but I'm we're really looking forward to our partnership when we get a chance to play. Um, Ball, ball in hand to spin from uh, either end will will be nice. Well, it's interesting. I mean, that theory that you know Australia might need to give him a test before you do have these these tours of the subcontinent uh, this year and next year. I mean, you made your debut on the subcontinent, and um, you know you've you've gone okay. Do you think you need to play a test match in Australia? W- would he handle it okay if he did have to debut in, in Pakistan or Sri Lanka? hundred oh, percent. I've got absolutely no doubt about about Swepo when he gets his opportunity to to debut that he'll he'll take his chance and he'll he'll bowl extremely well. Um, he, he's been a, uh, probably Queensland's best player for the last number of years uh, in my eyes. So no doubt that um, he'll get his opportunity at some stage and he'll he'll take it. Do you have to play a Test match in Australia? No, no, def- definitely not. Um, I, I didn't play one. Um, there's been a few guys who have who debuted away from from Australia and they've, they've gone okay. I think Steve Smith's gone okay. Um, so there's a number of guys who, who have performed extremely well when they've debuted outside Australia. Um, Swepo's been around the group for a long period of time now. He, he understands how how it all works. Um, I know he's chomping out the bit to get his opportunity. He's also played T20 cricket, uh, one-day cricket um, in the – recently over in uh, Bangladesh and the uh, Caribbean. So mm. he, 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 he understands what uh, the subcontinent, subcontinent tours are like. Um, 
so yeah, no, I, I know he's looking forward to those couple of tours, but um, who knows, may debut next week. Well, it is an interesting one, and just getting a little sidetracked here because I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. The the teams that have had success in India, um, you know, and if we're thinking about that kind of being the end goal that a few of you have spoken about is beating India in India, um, the teams that have had success have kind of relied on two finger spinners, haven't they? There hasn't been a lot of wrist spinners. Do you think, I mean, is that formula, you know, where you are potentially bowling from one end and Mitch at the other one, you reckon that that's a winning one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Hmm. I, I do believe that. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying. A lot of teams have hmm. had success um, in, in certain test matches in India in subcontinent conditions with two finger spin. Um, and that's purely purely down to the, the fact that you're able to get, in my, my opinion, that you're able to get more pace on the ball. But Swepo hmm. is probably on the higher scale of a quicker leg spin bowler or wrist spinner um, than, than the probably the most typical one. Um, so I, I do think he would be extremely hard to, to play over there. Um, so I'd, to answer your question in, in a long, long, long-winded answer, yes, I do, I do think Swepel and myself are, are an extremely high possibility of winning test matches over there. It was a long-winded question, mate. So a long-winded answer is uh, is more than acceptable. Let me ask you about the SCG. So, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting that, you know, we kind of get to this point and we're talking about playing two spinners. It's not necessarily, the stats would say, not necessarily the most spin-friendly venue going around. Do you agree or disagree with that? You pushed me back at me in the corner here, aren't you? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, yeah. It's probably the, not the most... Spin friendly. I think a lot of people are stuck in the the real old days um, where that where there were big footmarks um, and everything like that. And trust me, I would have loved to bowl on bowl on them. Um, I've had a mi- mixture of wickets here in Adelaide, uh, in Sydney, sorry, where it's um, it has spun, where a couple haven't spun. There've been uh, a lot of hard work. Um, some have been a bit lively with the with the seam. I think in two thousand, you test my memory here. I think two thousand fourteen Ashes. I think the seam um, it seemed around a fair bit. Even though I'm a big big advocate for the seams it spins, mm. um, but um, so there, yeah, with, it's been been a mixture of bags uh, of of different wickets. Um, so. I hope you'll be able to have a look at the wicket tomorrow and tell you a little bit more um, about it. But um, yeah, it, it's probably not the most spin-friendly place I've, I've ever been to. I'll put, yeah. it, put it in that terms. Yeah, no, well said, and really interesting insights. My final ones are just here about um, you've played in obviously played in twenty thirteen fourteen when you you won five nil. You won in uh, in twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, talking about Ashes here, um, where you won four nil. Are you capable? So you've you've done a whitewash and you've done a nearly whitewash. Are you capable of a whitewash this time? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. It, it's an interesting question, Lou. And I, I was talking to my dad about this a couple of weeks ago because I got asked about uh, that that question. Can can you whitewash England? Um, and I said yes. And then suddenly it turns into a massive headline that Lyon says five nil and all this stuff. And I actually called dad and I said, dad, you see that headline? He goes, yeah, of course I saw it. And uh, I said, what are your thoughts? And he goes, well, I've never met anyone. And I definitely know you that you don't go into a game thinking that you're going to lose. 
or you don't go into a series thinking that you're going to lose um, 3-2 or anything like that. So you're asking me, in my mindset, um, we've got two more test matches. Can we win the two test matches? I'm going to say yes every 100% every day of the week. Um, we know it's going to be a big challenge. We know England are going, going to be searching and, and looking for a, a decent, real big fight back. I know they're under the pressure um, from a lot of media back home. Uh, and that's that's the Ashes theatre um, about it all. Um, but you've got Joe Rudy, who is, in my eyes, is still up there with the, oh, he is up there with, what, second best batter in the world behind Marnus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw his innings at the MCG on day one and you saw, he, he's, he's in nice touch. Um, he's in, in extremely nice touch. So, they're going to be some challenges. Uh, we've got a pink ball down in Hobart. No one's played a pink ball game down there. I don't, or not many of us. Um, I, I know I haven't played a pink ball down, game down there, um, but excited about that challenge. Um, so that that will bring in Jimmy Anderson um, and these guys, and I dare say they probably would have learnt from their experience in, in Adelaide with the pink ball. So that's going to be a different challenge. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question and a long-winded answer again, um, we can win 5-0 if we do the basics well. Uh, oh, mate, I'll be honest. I'll stop listening after you said 5-0 because that's my headline. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I'll wait that morning. <laughs> Line says 5-0 for sure. Well, uh, it was a very nuanced answer, so I'll uh, I'll make sure I try to capture it. Nathan, It's um it's been wonderful to hear your thoughts ahead of the SCG test. Um, and and giving everyone the headline that uh, that we all wanted. <laughs> no, no worries. I've got media tomorrow too, so no doubt someone will ask me. If you're tuning in, I dare say you will ask me that to uh, to wind me up, Lou. But uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Happy New Year. Likewise, and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Thanks, Nathan. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.